Welcome to Resilient Love Podcast. Join hosts Quentin and Brianna as they discuss tips on love, life, and business. Let's get into this next episode. Hey, everybody. Hey, everybody. We are back with another episode of Resilient Love. Um, so we are so, so excited to have you guys listening, joining in, tuning in. Um, uh, if this is your first time with us, welcome. Uh, we are a podcast that discuss life and love and just how to be more resilient through those various situations that we face. Uh, and we are coming from a Christian um, marriage perspective. So uh, we like to start our podcast off with some questions. So Q, what's the question? Um, so the question of the day is, well, questions. Yeah, we got two today. <laughs> so the first one is going to be, what's the best advice you ever received? So for me, um, the best advice I ever received has been, uh, start out like you can hold out. Um, I think a lot of times when you are pursuing uh, various goals, you get fatigued in the journey. So you have to start out like you can hold out. And I know people say like, especially when it comes to like fitness, well, increase your weight, increase your time. In, you know, but you have to start at a certain level first. We like We love to jump ahead, but start out like you can hold out and prayer first. Prayer changes things. So those are my main two. Okay. So I'm going to go with one um, that I actually just got today in the office today. Um, someone shared, just shared that quick moment with me of advice that winners never quit and quitters never win. So winners Never quit and quitters never win. And that was just an encouragement to go forward, no matter how hard it gets. If you miss the first time, keep going. Today, I want to talk about a life asset tool and a financial tool. Yes, life insurance. Life insurance can be one of the most beneficial tools you can have in your tool belt. It helps your family not be in financial distress in your absence. And it also can be used as a financial tool. So today, go ahead and check out Policy Genius to go ahead and add this as an asset to your life and a tool to be in your tool belt for when times shift that you are prepared. For sure. Um, and what was the second one? So the second one is what show a sitcom reflects your life so okay i'm gonna say family matters because every dynamic in that show i have honestly seen in my life and family really does matter to me a lot so that's the show i would choose um the show i would choose is gonna probably be fresh prince of bel-air <laughs> <laughs> um just because I, I could connect with the character uh, Will because I had to try to 
figure out how did I fit in certain groups, arenas, and even in some of my own family dynamics. So, mm-hmm. so we have with us a special guest, and our special guest is Miss Eunice, and she is actually a therapist that's going to really get into our main topic today. So we're going to bring her on now so she can jump in on the conversation about what is your uh, best advice and also the sitcom that stands out to you. So Miss Eunice, go ahead. Okay. Hello. 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 How y'all? Good. 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 So what is that? What is that sitcom that stands out for your life? Oh, so you said sitcom, huh? Oh, we can do it. <laughs> we can do a movie now. We can do a movie. Um, what did you say? A movie show sitcom. Oh, I thought you. I thought you said Ghost because Ghost is one of my favorite movies. <laughs> So when you said oh, shows, man. I thought you said go. So that was that's my answer, and that is one of my favorite movies. That's one of my favorite movies, and um, I love it because of the love that was displayed in the movie between the couple, even after death. And um, also one of my favorite songs. What is the song? Unchained Love. Um, yeah, I'm not. I would sing it, but I can't. But anyway, so <laughs> Ghost is one of my favorite movies okay. and um you know it's quite funny because i deal with people who ghost a lot <laughs> <laughs> oh yes oh yes i know you do <laughs> so it's, that's hilarious so yeah i would say that would be my favorite movie mm-hmm. okay. so and oh uh, go ahead the other one was what's the best advice someone ever gave you um, oh, tons and tons and tons of advice. So one of the things that have been coming across my mind out of all the things that people have told me is to think twice and move once. Oh, yeah, that actually came to me today. And somebody told me that I, I probably probably was like in the 12th grade. Mm-hmm. And it like just came around today, <laughs> you know, like came to my mind when I was trying to figure something out and I said think twice move once you know because you know how sometimes you can get stuck in that uh back and forth with with your brain uh when Mm -hmm. you're trying to make a decision so you know sometimes you have to be sure of your decisions and sometimes you have to say okay I thought about it I weighed the options I'm going to make a decision and you know what if this decision is not the best I can change and I think that's right yeah that's so true i find a lot of people specifically because i'm an educator where students would make a decision and then it's like well no i don't want to do that it's like well my well my parents really want me to go this route but i want to go a different route and it's like you have to be concrete but at the same time it is okay to change your mind and i think we were taught like this is the answer but no i can say no I, I'm about to say yes Monday, but it's Wednesday and I can say no. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> you know, like they like they say, yesterday's price is not today's price. <laughs> so yesterday's you know, answer is not mine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we have to be okay with kind of being flexible in our thinking and less rigid in our doing. 
Oh yeah, that's so good. That's so good. Yeah. Um, so that really helps us to get right into our main topic, which we are talking about breaking the silence and actually having open communication and marriage and relationships. Um, so Miss Eunice, tell the viewers and listeners a little bit more about yourself and your business. Okay, sure. Um, my name is Eunice Mingo and I'm a licensed professional therapist. I am licensed in Alabama as well as Georgia. In addition to that, I am a emotional wellness coach because, you know, uh, because of licensing things, we can't really do therapy across state lines unless we're licensed in that particular state. So um, being a wellness coach kind of helps me to help people that I can't reach for counseling. So coaching and counseling is not the same thing. It's, I always tell people it's not to be confused with therapy. And if I see that you have an issue that needs therapy, I'm going to be like, well, you know what? I got to refer you. But um, it helps me to kind of break down the mental barriers that people have. Um, and some people do emotional wellness coaching while they're in therapy, um, sometimes to help get through a project or something like that. But I do that. And I'm also a um, I also have a nonprofit. It's called Mingo's Matter Fund, Mingo's Matters Foundation. And that's basically a nonprofit that I started during COVID um, because I saw so many people. Well, I, I can't say so many people because I was one of the people that were struggling with like just dealing with the whole pandemic and the anxiety and the depression and the grief and all of that. And I wanted a way to bring um, the help to people who couldn't otherwise come in my office. So mm -hmm. I started doing a lot of things virtually, like speaking at a lot of different churches and um, just kind of doing a little segment during Bible study. And so I came up with that because that helps me. It helps people to donate to the cause. And if someone needs like more intensive services, I can either do the services myself or refer them to one of the several therapists that I have, um, you know, a lot of contact with. So and I can actually pay for like three or four sessions if that's the case. So I love it. Wow, that's nice. I mean, to take your profession and also turn it into a nonprofit and help yeah. other people through that, like, I got to clap it up. And we are going to have a link in the description to go and support the nonprofit because we all need that resource of help. So that's awesome. And I just yes, I also you. like the fact that you're you're doing your work, but you also connected it with your life's work. Yes, yes. Because one thing I tried to run from it so long. <laughs> and one thing about God, he'd be like, come here, girl. <laughs> like you, you are not going to do what you want to do. <laughs> he, right. And he gives us free will. But, you know, at the end of the day, his will will be done. You know, mm -hmm. and it's a matter of us choosing if we're going to do it sooner or later. Because I ran from it a long time. Because I was like. I don't want to help people. I don't want to, you know, but what I had to learn to do was manage my calling. Mm. And once I start finding balance, because not only does God want us to be a good steward over finances, he wants us to be a good steward over our time, over our gifts. So when I learned to be a good steward over that, it didn't burn me out. So yeah. that, yeah. So it, and it's always a work in progress, but you know, I, I know what my triggers are and I know what my, you know, uh, internal signals are when it's time for me to just pull back and take a break and, you know, take care of me. 
Mm-hmm. That's good. I don't know if y'all caught those gems she was dropping, but <laughs> I did. Okay. Yeah. You got to be a good steward, not just over money, but the other resources God has given us, which is time, his people, etc. So awesome. Ms. Eunice, I'm going to jump right in to our question. Um, so let's go into the business. What is your business and how did you get started? Okay, so my business, my counseling business is ECM Counseling Services. Um, so let me go backwards. My first business was efficient coaching and mentoring. So because I couldn't do counseling at the time because I didn't have my license yet. So that's how I found a way to help people. You know, it was like I didn't have the like the license uh, because of what the law says, but I still had the gift and the anointing because of what God right. said. So, uh -huh. you know, I found a way to do it, you know, and still be, still not do things illegally and be in alignment <laughs> with the law. So I started the coaching program, but the mentoring part of it, uh, I started because I help people who are looking into entering a helping profession and just kind of, you know, needing to know what direction they need to go or needing to know a little bit about it to see if that's even, if something, if it's something they want to do, because I've had people that's like, oh yeah, get somebody else to do it. I, <laughs> I thought this is what I wanted, but it's not. <laughs> but yeah. so that was that. And I started that in maybe 2013 and um, 2000, I think 2019, I started ECM counseling. So by then I was fully licensed, had been a director of a um, primary care program doing integrated behavioral health. And um, I started, you know, doing a little part-time counseling mm -hmm. uh, just in the evenings after I got off work. And then that other job got so stressful and so uh, just a whole lot of stuff. Um, mm -hmm. I was able to, I started getting sick and all of that. So I was able to quit that job and continue to do my private practice, but I took it from part-time to full-time. And then the pandemic hit. <laughs> <laughs> bah, bah, bah. <laughs> yeah. So by the time I got things kind of rolling, you know, it was like the latter part of 2019 um, when I had my office and all of that. And the good thing about it, I had my office first, but when I got things rolling, kind of got, you know, building up my caseload and my clients coming in. I'm like, ooh, I got two yeah. people today, not one. Oh, <laughs> right. I had three people. I had three people today and everybody showed up because some of those days nobody showed up, you know. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, so I kind of ran into COVID um, in 2020. That's when COVID happened. So it, my business kind of like because we, we didn't know what was going to happen. And right. then it just skyrocketed. When, when I say exceedingly, abundantly, above all that I asked, mm. yes. it, it was all that. Yeah, it was all that. Yes, the pandemic actually brought a boost yes. to a lot of businesses. A lot of ideas were birthed in the pandemic. Like, yes, yes, it yes. was a lot. So, that was good. Yeah, thank you. Mm-hmm. So we're going to get into what your typical day looks like. Like now that the pandemic, people say we out of the pandemic, but 
still. It's it's, it's almost still, like a it's a new phase. It's a new phase. Exactly. That now that's a good way to say it. Yeah. Yeah, because honey, we still gotta watch as well as pray. That's the Bible. Yeah. So yep. <laughs> so now that we in this new phase, that means it's a new phase of business. So, like, how is your sessions? How do most sessions go with your clients? Like, if we were one of your new clients, what would be our first step? Um, the first step would be me just getting background information from you. Um, basically, like, just getting to know you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and not seeing paperwork out initially before our first appointment. So, it can give you time to just think about the answers because a lot of times people think, that it's something that they can do in their car. And so I put a little <laughs> notification in there. Hey, you're going to need probably about 15 to 25 minutes to fill out this paperwork. Some of it is just clicking, but some of the answers you really have to think. And so that's the first step. You make the appointment. I send you a link to the paperwork. You fill out the paperwork. Um, and then uh, we schedule the appointment. Okay. When you come in for the appointment, whether it's virtual or in person, uh, I kind of have an idea of what's going on, what you need counseling for, but I ask people to say, so what What are you here for? What What do you plan to accomplish? Sometimes people say, well, I don't know. I say, okay, so if I had to ask you what your biggest problem was, what would you tell me? And then the floodgates open up. And the thing about that is because most people, when I ask them to tell me things, you know how you ask people to tell them th- say things good about themselves? Or whatever they they're like um let me think you know just like right. any questions um but if i say what's wrong or what's the problem or what's something that you need to improve you can answer those questions way faster I know. so sometimes right yeah people come in and you know what was the problem when they fill out the paperwork may not even be the problem that day <laughs> that they come into the office so we may have to work on what what the pressing issue is and work our way backwards um, but we pretty much like build that rapport first and yeah, but that's pretty much what it is. We kind of get to the root of the problem. So we'll know which direction to take the sessions in. Um, we'll know what goals to set because a lot of times people look at the situation as the therapist and then the client, but we are a team, like you're the experts on you, right? Mm-hmm. So I can't come in with this hierarchy of being like, I'm going to tell y'all what to do and how to do it. And that's going to be it. No, we are a team and we're figuring this thing out together. So I tell people, even if we have to sit on the floor, you know, we'll sit on the floor and we can work it out like a jigsaw puzzle. But if you're committed to accomplishing, you know, the goal or if you're even if you're committed to separating, we can help with that. You know, but I need you to know and I need you to think about what you want to do when you come in that office, no matter how bad the issue has been, no matter how long y'all have not slept in the same room, if you're committed, because that, you know, it makes me think about what my goals have to be for the, you know, for our session. Right. So if your goal is to get back in the same bedroom, let's do that. But if your if one goal is to get out the house and the other one goal is to get back in the bedroom, we got a problem. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. So we kind of just explore those particular things and see which direction. Uh, and sometimes people, by the time we finish dissecting things, when they leave, sometimes they still don't know. And they think, oh, well, the therapy didn't work. No, the therapy has you thinking now. So now yes. you can really, you know, go to God in prayer and prioritize what or reprioritize 
what needs to be prioritized because that's what happens usually is something has gotten out of order and uh, it gives them the opportunity to think and don't waste your time being dishonest with me because <laughs> uh, this is this is your life and I would rather for you not to pay me to be dishonest or if you're not 100% in you know then don't yeah. even come I, I, I will say you know what maybe this is maybe because it, it could be they're not ready it could yeah. be I'm not even the right person to help them in that moment you know so we mm -hmm. we have those type of conversations as well but we always um, try to end the session on a positive note. And um, sometimes there's homework, depending on what we went through. And sometimes the homework is to just um, relax and release, especially when you've talked so much about a lot of hard things and you've been so vulnerable. Sometimes you, re you need to just rest your brain and your emotions and kind of feel whatever other feelings may come up because you, you know, kind of let the top up. Yeah. Um, so sometimes the homework is to just let whatever feelings you have after the session pass without judgment. And I tell some people sometimes, you know, you absolutely feel like therapy is not working, but stay committed. And you'll say, well, she's making it worse. But if your problem was communication and now you're being, you know, put in a position where you have to communicate, then that's not going to feel good at first because your brain's not used to it. So all of that is part of the process. Man, emotional wellness. I'm telling you, like, that is something that Quentin and I really have been navigating. Uh, we'll be four years old in July. Okay. Uh, and uh, 2023, July 2023. And so just thinking about how we have navigated through the communication factor, um, we really just broke the barrier. I can honestly say that. Mm -hmm. How do you feel yeah. about that? Um, yeah, I would definitely say that. Uh, I think 2020, just like the pandemic, did a lot of things for a lot of people. Everybody had a different story. Yes. And uh, one was for us to slow us down to be able to see each other and not in passing. Because we both wow. worked two jobs. Yep. And we became, hey, how you doing? Text, talk, and we sleep. <laughs> Let's take a moment and shout out a business. This is the voice of the owner of Streamline Media Agency, where we service small business owners with content creation and social media management. This podcast is produced by Streamline Media Agency. Need help? Call us. StreamlineMediaAgency.com. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we can't, we became what they call it, passing ships in the yeah, sea. And it's like, literally, <laughs> the pandemic was the crash. Yeah. And that allowed us to just slow down, reset, and, and get back to the basics. Um, but I think one of the topics that was a challenge for us, but I feel like we have overcome, was just finances like mm -hmm. discussing the finances yeah and so i want to know from your perspective how would a person navigate the hard topics because finances may be easy for a couple but what if it's the bedroom activities what if it's children like how do they navigate the hard topics? or or purely just ego i know from i'm gonna speak from a male's perspective yes when it come to money 
is ego. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think that's a good um, place because, you know, a lot of times people think it's infidelity. That's, right. you know, that destroys most marriages, but it's really finances. Um, mm -hmm. That's still like at the top. Um, so I would approach for one, like even in the dating stage, uh, you need to see what the attitudes are about money because we all come from so many different backgrounds and um, most of us, well, I won't say most of us, some of us didn't come from money. And uh, sometimes, of course, well, with that situation, um, your the way you spend money is going to be different. The way you think about money is going to be different. Mm -hmm. The way you think about another person spending money, you know, is so different. So a lot of times people think that uh, people should think the way they think or they think like they don't even think about it. But it's definitely something that has to be discussed. Like, okay, what are your expectations when it comes to finances? Here are mine. What are your expectations when it comes to um, sex? Here are mine. And mm -hmm. knowing that those things can change because we're we're still evolving. We're still growing. And as we grow, our thought processes will change. As life happens, you know, our thinking and our behaviors and our attitudes towards certain things is going to change. So just kind of keeping that communication open, but having a way to, um, I guess, signal the other person when you feel like you've ran into a bump, you know, say, okay, uh -huh. I think, yeah, I think we're, I think we're at a bump and, and knowing that it's okay to leave things unsolved uh, for a while, because most people freak out when you are not able to come to a conclusion in that moment, most people freak out and it's it's the end and they want to throw the divorce <laughs> word out. And it's not the end. It's like pause, practice the pause and say, you know what? Let's talk about this again Tuesday at six o'clock. Is that time good for you? And these are the things we're going to talk about. These are the things we need to talk about because this is the situation. Yeah. You know? But as long as uh, both are clear on what the issue is, because what the issue is for me may not be what the issue is for you. You mm -hmm. may not even see an issue. So your thinking is going to be, oh, well, he did this or she did this, 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 and she knew. Sometimes he or she didn't know. Sometimes right. they didn't even think about it. You know, uh, I remember when I was married, some things that I thought my uh, ex-husband thought I was so off because I was thinking based off of, you know, for one, being a woman, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. and being, a, you know, <laughs> being an emotional being and, you know, that's not how men think. <laughs> right. Yeah. And see, that's another so, thing. Like, like you had mentioned earlier, when the communication barrier comes, which is the bump and the couple decides I'm tired of speed bumps. I want a smooth path. And they come to your office and they're saying the D word, divorce, yeah. you know, I mean, and I did not know, you know, until you mentioned it, that you are a divorcee. So mm -hmm. like, how do you navigate those conversations when the parties like you hear what they're saying? Like you hear the situation but it's like, this is something you guys could work through. Mm -hmm. How do you navigate saying I feel as the professional, you can work through this, but the party is telling you we cannot. Yeah. 
And so what I usually do, because that happens a whole lot. (laughs) (laughs) So what I usually do is I start to um, have those discussions with them together. But then having those discussions helps me to see, you know, what some of those issues are. And like you said, sometimes it's like, I won't even say sometimes. I'm going to say majority of the time. It's like, oh, man, come on. Let's. Let's talk. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about this, you know, and not minimizing what they're going through or what they're feeling. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, but just saying, hey, hey, let's take another look at this. Right. Let's take a let's take a look at this through her eyes and let's look at this through his eyes. You know, y'all usually compliment each other, mm-hmm. but you're looking at the compliment as a clash because it's not 100 percent agreeance. It doesn't have to be 100% agreeing. Sometimes I don't need to do it like you. I just need to see what you're saying. And what I usually do is I do um, individual therapy with um, the couples. It's all still part of the counseling, but Mm -hmm. I do individual therapy because sometimes people bring their baggage into their marriage and you don't know what you don't know. And so until those things start happening and, you know, you get triggered about different things. So, when you get triggered, sometimes you react not based off what's happening in that moment. You are reacting off something that happened 10 years ago, or you may be reacting right. off something that happened during childhood. So that's what individual therapy helps me to do because I can I can point that out and we could talk about um what that issue is because sometimes that's the main issue and they may need some healing in that area. Um, yeah. because it may be something that they tucked away uh, as a protective mechanism. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so individual therapy, then we come together, then we may do some individual therapy again, then we come together again, and usually <laughs> um, them spending time together and giving homework assignments such as going out on a date or challenging them that when they have an argument, handle it differently, you know, instead of listening to respond, you know, mm-hmm. just listen. Because sometimes you don't even need to respond. It's like, oh, okay, I didn't even think about it like that. But if you're so busy arguing your point, then you're not even going to see where the other person is coming from. So That was me. When we were (laughs) dating, I was going to hold my answer. I was going to hold it. Like, he was going to hear this mouth. Well, it wasn't. It wasn't good because you got two strong people. Yes. And I I am like an attorney. I am not gonna stop until I win the case. He is. And I'm gonna start pulling out evidence and then that get messy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, record. But yeah, so I can honestly say, like, these are some really good points, like to take home. Like, if you guys do not, you know, are not in the particular state she mentioned, you definitely can get the emotional wellness coaching. I feel like that would be very beneficial. In our day and time, we need to be more in tune with Mm -hmm. how we feel and we can better work with others. Because if you're not clear on yourself and what self wants, you really can't help anybody else, whether they're your spouse, a friend, a coworker. You really don't know because you're not clear with you. So getting coaching from Miss Eunice is where it's at. It is. It is. <laughs> so it's, it's sometimes therapist. hard work, but it's good work. 
As a therapist, who do you go to for therapy? Do you have a therapist? Oh, yes. And I see her Friday at 12 o'clock. And baby, she's my, as my grandma used to say, my Pila Kakula. Because, <laughs> you know, therapists, you know how they say doctors and nurses make the worst patients? Uh-huh. Well, yeah, therapists do too. Um, <laughs> but my therapist, she's the one. <laughs> she gets so, you straight. Yeah, and I go to her. Um, I was going weekly, but now I go every other week, you know, and I'm about to move to once a month. But um, I think as we make different life transitions and being a person that holds people's stuff, you know, and holds space for, for people who are going through a lot of things and experiencing life your, yourself, you have to have an outlet. You have even, and the people who don't think they need it, somebody's probably going to therapy because of them. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. So I, um, I believe in therapy. I'm an advocate for therapy. I'm a product of therapy. So. Wow. That's awesome. Now I'm a big, now Ms. Eunice, I gotta say, I have to, cause we do a lot of, I gotta be honest, the male from a male oh, aspect yeah. of therapy. If if I'm being totally honest and myself included, I'm better. But I think, I guess I'm trying to understand what is it with the male when you're coaching or doing therapy with a male? Why are males, and I think women try to figure this out, why do males not communicate? We're not emotional beings, but we are stubborn and stiff and don't want to share. <laughs> yeah, so you already said that. Some of it is ego. Some of it is mm-hmm. ego, but some of it is um, being afraid to be vulnerable. And with that fear <clears throat> comes not knowing how to communicate feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because people avoid things for a lot of different reasons. And so most of the time, men sometimes don't share because they feel like they they can contain it. They can handle it. But oftentimes, men will walk away from an argument, not because they don't care, but because it's so many emotions going on that they can't. It's like they're in sensory overload. So Mm -hmm. it's like, okay, come to me when you can talk. Cause you know we we be doing all that crying, we be doing <laughs> we be doing all that other stuff, you know. And it's like, um, well, since you got to get like that, I I can't talk to you. I can see I can't. I try to talk to you. I can't talk to you. But with the males, um, I try to help them understand why women emote the way they do, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and a lot of times, men they begin to understand that, and so I show them how to be the caretaker of their wives' emotion or their, you know, um, their girlfriend's emotion. Just take take care of it. You don't have to be upset about it. You don't have to be offended about it unless it's something she offended you with and we can work that out too. Um, But, you know, (laughs) it's not something that you need to avoid because guess what? You're going to keep going through the same thing until it's solved. What? Why is she crying all the time about this? Why is she always upset about this? Look, I'd be like, look, man, find out what's wrong with your wife. Ask her. I don't know what the ask her. She's right here. Look at. Don't <laughs> ask me. Don't look at me. You look at her and ask her what's the problem and allow her the space to tell you. Now, the caveat to that is, woman, 
When you tell him what the problem is, you tell him what the problem is. You don't tear him down with the problem because that's never going to solve the issue because guess what's going to happen when a man feels torn down? He's going to defend. Mm -hmm. And rightfully so because that's the way we're, we're wired. But mm -hmm. once he learns that, okay, she's just doing this because she's upset, you know, he won't be triggered. You know, you won't be passing the trigger thing back to each other. Like you're triggering each other so nobody can get anything solved. But right. once he says, okay, I'm not, I, I want to talk to you, but I'm not going to allow you to attack me. You know, I feel attacked. But even when he feels attacked, not leaving, just being able to stay you know, like, let's do we need to take a break? You know, I was like, take charge of it. Do we need to take a break because we need to solve this? Um, but you, you, you're doing too much, <laughs> right? Right, but don't say that because that's gonna trigger us too. <laughs> that's a trigger but, word. Oh, you, I'm doing too much. Okay, oh, I'm, I'm doing the most. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you tell I'm trying to express my feelings and you saying I'm doing the most. So, your choice of words. The way men say things versus the way we take things, like it's, mm. it's <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And so a lot of times, men avoid the big explosion. It's not that they're trying to avoid dealing with your feelings or dealing. With, sometimes they avoid the explosion, or they avoid how it makes them feel, or it may um, be them avoiding something that they seen happen in their childhood. It's like okay, if I'm if I don't say anything about this then I won't hurt her feelings. Or if I don't say anything about this, I'm keeping the peace. But you know, um, what's the saying? When you keep quiet to keep the peace, you start a war inside. So you're, mm. you're, you think you're doing something by not saying anything, but your brain and your body and your heart is taking all that stuff in. And what the, does the Bible say? Harden not your heart. But yeah. those things helps to harden our hearts. And guess what? When we think the way what we think about our behavior is going to reflect. So yes. when you think about that stuff and you feeling like you had to harden your heart or put a guard around yourself, because when you all disagree, you you go into attack mode or one of you go into attack mode. You know, it like there's no rules of engagement. So it's like okay, let me just be quiet because you know I don't want to hurt her feelings and I don't want her to hurt my feelings because mm -hmm. you know women we think we can beat men. When it comes to words, uh, we can't. <laughs> we we can say hurtful things, but because they're not as emotionally invested as we are in that moment, yeah, they can they can win that for that moment. But who needs a winner when you're both on the same team? Come on now. Yeah, and so yeah, we we have to stop. We have to stop doing that. And sometimes we have to look at our past our patterns, what we learned, how we learned to defend ourselves and realizing that you can't defend yourself against your mate or your teammate the same way you would an enemy. And that's what a lot of people do. They fight their mates like they would a person in the street who's trying to take something. Right. And that's not fair. They're not, it's not the same type of fight. It's not the same rule. Because we, like they say, teeth and tongue are going to fall out. So you're going to disagree about some things. People are going to, you know, your your spouse is going to make you mad. Like this is the person that that gets to see the real you. You know, mm -hmm. they get to see the tired you, the exhausted you. And, you know, um, yeah, they're going to make you mad sometimes. Mm -hmm. But it's what you do with that anger that matters. Because sometimes right. they make us mad, but you have to look at, okay, 
are they intentionally making the, making me mad? And is this something that I can say, hey, babe, you know, we used to go out once a month and, you know, we haven't done that in a while. And because the first thing we're going to say is, uh, you, I'm feeling some kind of way you neglected me or whatever. Sometimes we'll go so far as to say, oh, it must be somebody else. And you're just tired. You didn't right. think about it. <laughs> just, you probably didn't even think nothing about it. And as soon as you communicate and say, can we start back going, having date nights on Wednesday? He's probably going to say, oh, yeah, okay. Not that he didn't want to do it, but like life was life. You know, but that communication, you have to, you have to talk. And it, it may be a thing of, okay, well, let's start doing it on Thursday nights because on Wednesdays, I'm, you know, that's the day I work over on work uh, at work or Tuesdays, I work over at work. And on Wednesdays, I'm a little more tired. Can we look at doing another night? That's the beauty of communication. That is the beauty. That's the beauty of it. I love it. <laughs> that's, that's good. Instead of the assumption risk, just. Yes communicated yeah because we make up stories in our brain and our brain will continue to take that story and just add a set and a script and put other actors in there <laughs> and before you know it you got a whole production going on in your brain and then when you finally do communicate you know you first you think you done figured out oh i done figured it out i know what's going on but then when you finally do find out it's like oh I wasted all that time thinking about that, creating it. And your brain is doing it automatically because that's the route you're letting it go. You know, right. you're not shifting your thoughts, you know. So, yeah, your brain is going, it needs no help with making up anything negative. I was going to say, we learn at a young age. I used to teach preschool. Your imagination, think yes. big, think. And now that we're older, it's like, we think big, we think. And I was like, yeah. Man. <laughs> yeah, it's like come on, come on back, and I need you to kind of think big when it comes to oh, he done forgot about our date nights. You know, we ain't having this because I enjoy those. Let me set the mood. Let me get this back on his mind. Yes, <laughs> yeah. think big about how to be better. Exactly versus <laughs> you know what the problem could be, and it ain't even the man tied. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's good. He just need rest. Yeah, and sometimes it'd it be um, because men grieve so differently than us. Mm. You know, sometimes it may be grief because what what do we do? We will talk about our issues, but men internalize. And so you we never know what's that. going on. Yeah, you never we know what's that. going on. Yeah. Yeah, and so you have to always ask. Yeah, when he lost his brother, that was different. Yeah. 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 And it was an unsolved case. Oh, which made it even worse. So, so, you know, a whole bunch of things can get shaken in that instant because I'm grieving the loss of my brother. Somebody did this, you know, if that was the case. And then now I got issues with trusting because I'm looking around, you know, I got issues with trusting people. Like, I don't know. When you don't know, it puts you in a whole different mental space. space right. Yeah. Yeah. So we, I can tell you, like, communication is key. I hope that you guys are catching that point. Mm -hmm. And if communication ever becomes an issue, seek a therapist. It's okay yep. to get help, to yep. get you back and on what, track. What does God say to do? Um, what does God say to do with our request? To give it unto the Lord. 
Yeah. To so seek wise counsel. Exactly. And if he's telling us to do all of that, you know, then he he knows we're going to go through some things. Mm. He knows that we can't get through things alone. So he says he, get, he has given us the instructions. He says seek wise counsel. Give it to him. And I tell people don't give it to him and leave it there. Sometimes there's some work that he instructs us to do. And some of it, we already know what we're supposed to do. You can't just say, I'm praying about it. Oh, I'm just praying about it. No, where's your action about it? Where's your action? <laughs> so, um, and I tell people too, if we have to make our request known to God, then we definitely need to make our request known to the person that we sleep next to every night. Come on. Because God is all knowing, right? Mm -hmm. So you're telling me that you're not going to, communicate with your spouse because he or she should already know come on now god already knows and he still says make your request known <laughs> come on him. that's so good yeah so come on now you can't be up there saying what somebody should know <laughs> <laughs> they not omniscient <laughs> yeah exactly exactly and even if they do know sometimes people need reminders yes that's yep. key. That is yep. key. So, so, and it just seems like that assumption thing. Ninety sound like ninety percent of marriages people assume everything. Yeah, <laughs> I know, baby. I was the biggest assumer. <laughs> you tell I can make up a story, baby. I like I said, have a set, have actors and actresses. <laughs> until I learned to stop, some I learned to press stop. Mm -hmm. on my brain and press play on a new thought. So press stop on the negative thoughts or the thoughts that are not true, you know, and they're not true because they're, they're not happening in the now. There's no valid proof. You're trying to figure something out and you're using all that energy and time trying to figure something out when you could just stop and focus on something else, do something productive, focus on love, focus on something else because this is not going to get you anywhere, but go plant, some cucumbers or something. I don't know. <laughs> go color, go paint, go do something that can help direct that energy into another direction. Because For that sure. energy is only going to get you more discord. Because your brain, like I say, your thoughts, your actions are going to follow your thoughts. So yeah. you're not going to be happy and all this. Because people say, well, I didn't even, I wasn't even upset. Yes, you were, because if you if that was on your mind like that, you were upset. You may think you were containing it, but most of the time you're not, because it's energy, it's spirit. You know, it's a spiritual thing. You can feel when somebody that you're in sync with, somebody that you're in partnership with, somebody that you're in marriage with, you can feel when something's off with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is so true. So I think with with that being said, what challenges have you overcome, whether it was work-related or personal, that have made you more resilient? Um, let's see. So many, so many. <laughs> um, but I think I would have to go back to the COVID thing. Um, mm -hmm. Just, yeah, I'm saying the COVID thing, but yeah, I respect the COVID pandemic, <laughs> but I also know right. God's power. Yeah, and so um, just feeling like I needed to go back to work for somebody versus work for myself. Like being in that mind frame of 
having always gone to work and worked for somebody else and worked hard for them and you know for a little to no pay <laughs> right um, and having to change the mindset to now you're the boss and you need to work for yourself as hard as you did for them because when you become you know your own boss you don't have all these rules and you don't have all these deadlines because you're the person that's over everything. Over everything, yeah. Well, yeah. you still got all these rules and all these deadlines <laughs> that you have to follow. It's just that you have to be disciplined enough and you're not going to have anybody sending you an email saying, hey, did you get this grant completed? Hey, how many sessions did you see? You know, we need mm -hmm. you to beat this productivity. So some of those things I had to shift my perspective to where I had to pick a day where I didn't see clients and I focused on the administration part of my business because even though I've worked as an administrator, I wasn't a complete, I wasn't a CEO. I wasn't over the company. So a lot of things went um, unknown until I got my own businesses. And then I was like, oh, yeah, I do need to do this because I, I can get in big trouble if I don't. I can get in trouble with the IRS. I can get in trouble with the uh, licensing board. So I'm like, yeah. So nobody is I not feeling the pressure of having a boss that was kind of like standing over me to navigating the mindset that you are the boss that needs to, you know, Release. be a good steward over what, what God has blessed you with in all aspects. So I think that was the biggest challenge I had to overcome in business was basically mindset. Woo. Yeah. Look, we're going to have to have you for part two <laughs> on establishing your business. Yeah. Because that would be to. really dope, especially with the transitions that you share. So well, you listen, we something. appreciate this conversation. We hope that everybody gained some great tips. She was dropping gems. And everything about her business and her nonprofit will be in the description below. Uh, hopefully you guys will join us for another episode of Resilient Love. All right, he almost missed it. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>